Welcome to Waking Oz with Sue and Deirdre. It's a podcast by moms and for moms who want to step out from behind their kids, reclaim themselves, and create their most kick-ass life. Today's episode is called Reinventing Your Reinvention, an episode that talks about taking a step back, whether planned or in most cases today not planned, and what you can learn from that experience. Sometimes the best laid plans get interrupted by things like, oh, that's right, dear John. All of us, I think, at some point in our lives have yearned for time to step back, reassess, to maybe hit restart. Maybe we're hoping for a do-over or even a complete makeover, but we're moving way too fast to figure out how to sort of get off the ride and rethink our strategy. And I think this quarantine period has definitely provided us with exactly that. We aren't going willingly. It's not easy for any of us. But we do have to remember that there is a takeaway from all of this madness. Yeah, definitely. And look, we're not saying that every day brings an opportunity to reflect and sit quietly to redesign your life. <laughs> we know that's unrealistic and we get it because we're like all of you. There are definitely times during this lockdown where you throw your hands up in the air and just get through your day. I don't know if this has happened to you, Sue, but you have the third cup of coffee. Didn't you just say, Deirdre, didn't you just say you were drinking your third cup of coffee? I actually did. Yep. (laughs) Started this podcast saying I had my third cup of coffee. You skip the workout. You hide from your spouse. Eat two candy bars and then you face the regret. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I know all about that. And we get it, but this is a reminder that you should take some time because we all have a little more of it these days. Most of us aren't commuting. We have some time. So you can think about your course a little bit. What are you missing? What don't you miss at all about your old schedule? How can you make your life better when we return to normal, whatever that even is these days? And so here to talk, we have a really special guest. I'm very excited about this. Here to talk about what she's learned from this pandemic is the former editor-in-chief of Women's Day magazine, Susan Spencer. Hello, Susan. Hi, how are you? Oh my God, we're so good. First of all, the thing we have to ask everybody is how are you and your family? Everybody safe? Everybody well? We are all doing just fine. Thank you so much. Hunker down in New Jersey and um, spending a lot of time together. I know, right? <laughs> it's so nice. It's it's so nice to be with your family for a little while, and then the walls start closing in. Uh, right. So let's let's talk about um, first the plan that you had, and then the reality that took over. You were going to leave your position as editor of Women's Day magazine. You were going to take a two month sabbatical. But then the pandemic sort of had other ideas for you. I want you to talk first about what you had originally planned to do. Well, I think that this idea of a two-month sabbatical um, was really appealing to me at the end of a a very intense um, eight-year job. So what I had planned to do was to travel. I was going to learn a language. I was going to write deeply self-conscious essays and read and garden and, you know, have actual conversations with my husband. So in other words, kind of leave my perfect life. Um, But it didn't quite work out that way. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely everything changed as a result of the quarantine, and obviously you can't travel, but you did share with us that there are other things that have changed about how you might move forward. 
Yeah, I think that um, it's interesting because it's not that I can't do all the things that I intended to do during my sabbatical. It's not that I can't, you know, make that attempt to live my my perfect life. I mean, I can, but, you know, like so many of us right now, I think my head's just in a very different place. You Mm -hmm. know, we have this kind of overlay of worry and uncertainty, and then there's also just kind of the you know, the, the day-to-day needs that I have to handle for my family. I do so much cleaning <laughs> and, and, and shopping and things that, you know, I didn't really spend a lot of time on before, but I really do need to need to focus on that. So in a way, I think that part of my um, my transition in, in thinking differently is it's, I, I'm feeling like it's not as much about moving forward as it is the understanding that it's okay if I fall a little bit behind. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, Trying to, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to sort of say to myself, it's okay, you're here, we're safe, it's good enough right now. Right. And I think we do have to remind ourselves of that. I think a lot of us are putting pressure on ourselves to do a ton and, and we should take advantage of the time. But if there are days that you just, like you said, you, you need to shop, you need to clean, the kids need your attention, whatever, it's okay right now. These are very, very unique circumstances by which right, we're exactly. all living right now, right? And mm-hmm. we have to sort of put it, and, and all of us, I think, are seeing life. I keep saying this, but I, it's, it's the only w- analogy I can use through the lens of Corona. Everything is sort of, you know, outlined by that and defined sort of within that realm for us, at least until I think um, some restrictions are lifted. So talk a little bit about, I love a term that you used when we talked to you um, earlier, and that was that you said, you know, I was was thinking about my reinvention and then I had to reinvent my reinvention. And I loved how you said that because I think the pandemic, as hard as it's been on all of us, and let's not, you know we're not kidding anybody, like it's been really hard sometimes. You know, you said it actually helped clarify things for you in terms of your path. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the reason that I I left my job at Women's Day is because I wanted to find um, another job that was a little bit more purpose-driven. I was really fortunate throughout my career to work with um, lots of social services organizations and nonprofits and foundations, big organizations that educate and empower women So I sort of thought to myself, I don't want to be on the outside looking at the work they're doing. I want to be sort of boots on the ground, you know, actually a little bit closer to the action. So in a way, the pandemic hasn't changed that goal. That's still what I want. But it's really kind of put into into relief that it's really important for me to be doing this. There's a huge need. And so it's really, in a way, kind of reinforced my, my goals for me. Um, but that was sort of like a very personal day-to-day level. It's also, it's really forced me to think hard about what I really can accomplish. So I, I, you know, will fully admit I had a couple of weeks, you know, in March where I was moping around the house, you know, thinking I had literally made made the worst mistake of my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I realized that, you know, the pandemic, again, is not changing my goals. It's just made, made the pathway to getting there a little bit more challenging. And, as I, as I thought more about it, reframing this as a challenge rather than a catastrophe, it really helped me. And I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, so I also have this weird Yankee thing that I just kind of keep moving forward. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, yeah, no, we're both from Massachusetts, so we get you. We get you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoy a good challenge. So, um, you know, I think that, that that also has sort of helped. But the reframing of my mindset and not feeling like, you know, just because things are different and the pandemic has made things different doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. And I think that really helped me, um, is helping me move forward. Great. You know, this sort of leads into this question. In speaking 
working with other women who may be feeling like they're due for a reinvention, what would your advice be to them? Because we, you know, we speak with a lot of women on our program who say, I really want to make a change, but I just don't know how to do it. Well, and I think nowadays it's it's really almost impossible to you know to say say for certain that any path you set down is gonna is going to be the right path or a path that's gonna ultimately lead you to where you want to go. But I, I've had this mantra that I'm trying to follow, um, and I literally say this to myself every morning when I sit down at my desk. I say, "Prepare, don't plan." And because I mean, look where my planning got me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, that's I interesting. Love that. I it's, love that too. It's gotten me nowhere. I, I mean, on that original sabbatical list, <laughs> literally nothing has been accomplished. Um, certainly not the travel, definitely not the organizing or anything like that. But I can prepare, and I can prepare for, for what's coming down the pike, and I can prepare for, you know, you know, a new career and by doing a, a million different things right now. So that's kind of my, my major advice is that you have to – and I, again, I tell my, myself this all the time, again, going back to that kind of weird Yankee <laughs> ingenuity slash rigidity, that you really need to be flexible. And it's important in this moment to understand that there's so much coming at us right now. And there's so much that's uncertain that you really have to kind of live in that uncertainty. I think, too, um, you know, we talk a lot about how different we see our lives once we're in our forties and then even in our fifties and beyond than we did in our, say our twenties and thirties. Um, I know, I mean, for myself, you know, you, you think about your career as, as linear, you know, you're going to just keep moving up the the path and you're going to make more and more money. And then the older you get, the more you realize, I think that you really want to be doing work that reflects your values. Have you found that to be yeah. true? I mean, without doubt, and that was one of the big drivers for, for leaving for leaving my job. I mean, I, my job at Women's Day was phenomenal. It was an amazing platform. I love the people. I love the company. But I think um, the further on, as, as I advanced in my career, and, and I was in, in magazine media for 32 years, um, things sort of almost started to fall away, and I started to see what really lit my fire and really made me made me happy, and that was really the the work I was doing um, that was more purpose driven. So, and and I and then I got to a point where I had celebrated my 55th birthday last fall, and I said to myself, you know, I've got enough. There's 15 years of working. That's kind of what I what I'd like to do. You know, at some point, I've got to make this pivot. And and so the so the age both both drove me towards making this decision, but it also sort of gave me the perspective um, that I kind of needed in order to make this choice. No, I think that that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we hear from women all the time when we talk to them is that they're just not, they might have a great job that on, you know, paper is great. They're making really good money, but at the end of the day, there's something missing. They want to do more. And I think it's so hard though. I give you so much credit that you, on your own volition, stepped away from that job because that's a pretty amazing job to be the editor in chief of a you know major publication like that. But at some point, you do want to do other things, and I think that takes a ton of courage to be able to. I mean, were you afraid when you did it? Oh, oh, I was petrified. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that um, I think because it's you know it's security, it's certainty. You know, I was stepping into something that I didn't know that I could do. Um, yeah, no, it was absolutely terrifying and, and continues to be terrifying, but I think that fear is, 
is a huge motivator. And, um, and I, and I feel like the things that I'm afraid of are not as bad as the things that I stepped away from in a lot of ways. So I, you know, thank you for saying that I'm courageous, but I, 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 it's not something that I feel necessarily (laughs) no but Deirdre don't we talk about fear all the time yeah and I think just the willingness to make a leap you know when you're comfortable enough you know what sort of causes you to be willing to take that leap right and I think I think that's hard for a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I and I I think that exactly what you said is what people should think about is Think about what not doing, what you're thinking about doing. Like what, what's, what's the worst that can happen if you leave your job? You know, you're an educated woman, you're, you know, resourceful, you're, you're employable. What's the worst that can happen, you know? And the worst that can happen generally isn't that bad. And then you think, well, and if I stayed, you're comfortable, but are you always going to be going, well, what if I had done something different? Woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know? And I always say you have to weigh those things and it's always scary to make a change. I always feel like it's harder to move forward than it is to stand still, but moving forward is where the fun and the journey is. I, I totally agree. And, and I'm also, you know, to be really honest, I'm, I'm one of the most pragmatic people on earth. Um, so I also, you know, I feel, I feel really fortunate about this. I think I'm, you know, at a, at a point in my life where my kids are older, I, I don't have young children. Um, my husband and I have gotten to a place where we're comfortable financially. So I was able to make these choices. So, you know, these choices are, you know, they're, they're, um, they're hard ones to make, but I also sort of try to make, make them as, you know, as easy, make it as easy as possible for, for me and everybody around me. But it sounds like you have a, you, yeah, but you, it sounds like you have a good support system too. You have a supportive husband and like, you know, I think some people are also faced with maybe they're not as financially, you know, solvent as you are, or maybe they don't have the support, maybe their husband, partner, spouse, whatever is like, what are you talking about? what are you going to do? You know, and I think it's, and we've talked about this in other episodes, how important it is to surround yourself with people who are going to support your dreams and your goals. And, and that's huge because if, if you're, if you don't have that, I feel like it's so hard, then you're really kind of shoveling it against the tide. If you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel really grateful for that. I have that, that support system. Um, and, and it's, and it's been especially important in the last, you know, the last couple of months, you know, and in, in a way, and, and my support system extends not just, not just to my family, but to friends. And, and I have this kind of tribe of wise women that I, that I talk to on a regular basis who I just call them and I say, you know, advice, help, you know, and they, and they respond. And I think, you know, having that network is also really important. So this is something that, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about doing this, building up that network of, of wise women is to me like the most, absolutely the most important thing you can do. Who are those people in your life? Oh, sorry. Are they, are they like your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, past colleagues, or all of the above? All of the above. Hmm. I I had a conversation yesterday with a woman who worked with, worked for me 15 years ago. <laughs> really? She had, some, she had some great advice for me. And, um, you know, I think I've made a point throughout my career, you know, mentoring, mentoring women, younger women as, as I've gone along at every stage of my career. And boy, is that coming back to help me. It's amazing. You know, it, it really does. It really does, um, does help to, 
to put those feelers out and to have those people to to talk to. And Sue and I talk a lot about, you know, we both went to women's colleges and I feel like we both have this incredible support system of mm. women from, you know, 30 years ago up till the present. And I think, you know, in your role at Women's Day, you had the privilege of meeting and sharing so many women's stories over the years. And, you know, I think this idea of supporting and empowering other women is really, really important. Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, we're, we're lucky if we're surrounded by women who we can go to when we need that kind of advice and support. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Susan, yeah, yeah, it's a, whoops, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, talk, go ahead. Talk a little bit about some of the women you met while you were at Women's Day and any that had like an impact on you. It, it, any like famous people maybe that you said, wow, this person is like really grounded and, and things like that. Any anecdotal stuff? Um, I had the privilege of, I think about a year and a half ago, of interviewing um, former First Lady Flora Bush, who uh -huh. I thought was incredible and, and really just devoted to getting the word out about women's brain health, which was an initiative we were working on with an organization called Women Against Alzheimer's. So I had the opportunity to to talk to her and she just was lovely and down to earth and, and um, you know, very deeply involved in this issue. Um, she had a mother who um, had dementia and um, it was, it was, that was a real, real privilege. But I have to tell you that the, the women who, made the biggest impression on me during my eight years at Women's Day were really our readers and the women we wrote about. Um, I, I really think that American women are extraordinary. And um, I think that they're the backbone of this country. I think they're going to lead us through this pandemic. I just see locally so many amazing local women in my community who are heading up, you know, food banks and, and working with um, getting, you know, school lunches to kids who can't be in school, just like the ingenuity and the and the, the care and the kindness and the um, just the the sheer resilience of of American women just kind of never ceases to amaze me. And so we we at the magazine we would we would write stories um, about we call them the women next door, and that's really what we wanted to do was celebrate ordinary women and how they were making a difference in their communities and, and their churches and their in their friend circles and. And I think that that was, that was by far the most fun part of the job. <laughs> I, to know them. I feel like too, like the busy women are the women who can, who people ask to do even more and they get it done. Like, dear, dear, don't you have a saying like, want something done, ask a busy person. Right. Absolutely. Because <laughs> people always make fun of Deirdre and I. They're like, oh, yeah, the two busiest people we know. And you're out there, you know, doing a podcast like, hey, guys, go after more stuff. And we're like, yeah, but that's our personalities. And, you know, I'm my husband always says you're miserable if you're not overcommitted. Like, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I I just love, you know, taking on more and more. And, and it's it's energizing in a way. It's not taxing to me when I'm busy and especially when I'm giving back in the community um that energizes me yeah I, I completely agree and when you know when I was um you know as a manager hiring hiring staff I tended to gravitate towards hiring young mothers because they got they got the job done mm -hmm. <laughs> they wanted to get out the door by five o'clock they they got the job done and it was it was amazing how quickly and efficiently they worked um, because they they had so much on their plates that they had to get back that they had to get home to. So. Yeah, no, there's no fooling around. It's like I got a job to do. Get out of my way. I'm doing it. Right. <laughs> talk a and little. I also think. I mean, Sue and I both talk about being young mothers. 
I also think there's a great energy in coming to work. You know, I, I was so excited when my kids were young to go teach a class and actually use my brain. So I think mm-hmm. I brought a different, a different energy to my job just because I, I was so excited to be collaborating with people and brainstorming with people and, and, Yeah, yeah. But you also have to be truthful about who you are. I have friends who were stay-at-home moms for 15 years and they loved every minute of it. And uh, great, congratulations. Like, I think that's wonderful. It wasn't for me. I stayed at home for about a year and a half because I thought this is going to be great. And I, it wasn't for me. Like, I couldn't wait to get back to work because it just, I needed like uh, something else. I'm also a really public person, so I needed that kind of outlet. But I really just had to admit to myself because I was kind of embarrassed to say out loud, I don't like staying at home full time. And I I had to kind of get over that. And my husband finally said to me, it's okay. You know, you can go back to work part time or full time or whatever you want, but it's okay if being a stay at home mom, you know, I thought that I was a failure. Like how come everybody else likes it? And I don't, but I think everybody (laughs) is different in terms of what fulfills them. And you have to just, know, be self-aware and know what it is that you need and that you want. Right. Exactly. And I, I completely agree with that. And, but I also think that, I think that the most important thing that we can do right now as women in supporting other women is making sure that whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom, you have all the tools you need to, to succeed. And, you know, that means, that means universal child care. That means paid family leave so that your husband can stay home after, you know, after the baby is born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are ways that we as women should be involving ourselves, um, and I feel really strongly about this, in, in the political process to sort of say, look, this is what we needed as women in order to continue to be the backbone of this country and to continue right. to... To help each other, and um, you know, those two things I just mentioned, I think, are just just the, the tip of the iceberg on on how we can better support women both in the workplace and and outside. Any advice, Susan, that you'd give your younger self today? Your maybe your um, your your twenty five year old. I'm going to light the world on fire. Old, so self. <laughs> I think I would I would tell myself to um, to not be so hard on myself, which is something I still tell myself to this day. Um, I would definitely tell myself um, to not douse myself in baby oil. I am the <laughs> whitest person on earth. And, and then, and then use tin foil as a reflector. <laughs> Did you do that? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. And um, had a little bit of skin cancer last fall as a result. I mm-hmm. think I tell myself to wear sunscreen. Um, but you know, I think I think that I would basically say to myself, "It's going to be okay." <laughs> you know, you're resourceful. You know, you're you know how to do this you've got this and I think that I think that would have caused you know help me not have quite as much worry along the way and and I think I give that actually that give that advice to myself right now in the context of this pandemic it's, it's going to be okay it mm-hmm. really will be yeah and I think we need to hear that because sometimes when we're bombarded with the numbers and the news it can be a little daunting and I oh, think yeah. we have to yeah. kind of put it in perspective and say you know we are going to get through this it's not going to be easy every day but we will get through it so before we let you go, we only have a few minutes left. Can you share with us what you're thinking you might do next? Yeah. So um, right now, my um, I, I have a new name for my my strategy. It's called the spaghetti strategy, which <laughs> means that I'm throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, <laughs> seeing what sticks, <laughs> and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And exactly. I think that um, I think that by necessity, I'm I'm sort of widening my my widening my thinking around where I could go next, um, just because I think 
um, so many industries are challenged right now, and I don't. It, it's hard to tell what the we you know at this moment what the um, the job prospects are going to be in a lot of the areas that I'm interested in. So I'm thinking um, I'm thinking again about editorial and content, and I'm thinking about still thinking about purpose driven businesses. I'm uh, trying to think, figure out if I have um, an entrepreneurial bent. I've never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I think this is a really good time to be one. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, and very much sticking to my prepare, don't plan mantra. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'm going to say, I'm sure you are not alone. So thank yes, you. Thank you, Susan, so, so much for being uh, with us today. You, you are really an inspiration to women, I think, everywhere. And we wish you really, we wish you a lot of luck in your future. But I also am hoping that you'll check back with us in a few months because I now, love to. yeah, we need to we sort of, love to hear from you. yeah, we need well, to track your progress. <laughs> I, absolutely. I will, I'm going to make my, do my best to make progress. Okay. <laughs> so that I can come back. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners for helping us create such a loyal following. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you'll tell your friends to subscribe as well. You can follow us anywhere you listen to your podcasts at Waking Oz. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at Waking Oz. It's been great to connect with everyone, even from a distance. That's right. We're definitely thinking of you all, hoping we can be together soon. We have a brand new episode every Thursday. Have a great week and stay safe.